Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Welcome back to the show. It's Ben here. Thanks for joining me. I'm delighted to be joined today by Claire Sweet. Claire runs the business PeaceTogether.co.uk, which is all about organizing your money to ensure that you get paid every month. And so I'm really looking forward to this session. I'm sure you are too, because it's such a crucial area. Claire, hello, and thanks for joining me today. Hi, Ben. Yeah, great to be here. Um, nice to be able to sort of catch up, put a, a face to a name, and then, um, yeah, have a chat about all these things that are really important when you're a business owner. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, the context for this discussion for me personally has been that I read a fantastic book a little while ago called Profit First, and it really changed my thinking around managing money in terms of business cash flow, etc. So I want to dive into that. But first, am I right in thinking that you uh, have some beautiful animals living on your property? Yes. So um, I live in the Kent countryside in the east of the UK. And we've got alpacas in our garden, which alpacas. was something that we, I first met them, well, not my alpacas, I first came across alpacas back in 2009 when I did a charity trek um, to the Inca Trail and they were just so cute. And then, yeah, one night I um, came across a alpaca walking experience on Groupon, you know what it's like yeah, when yeah. you sit there browsing your phone late at night and you pop on and find these things. And I bought it for my husband as a present and we went and did that and met them and just thought, you know what, they're amazing. And then over the next four years, we got everything organized, sorted our money, bought a new house. And <laughs> we've now got five of them out in the garden. We've got another two that were due any time. We've had to obviously put that off until later in the summer because of what's going on with the coronavirus thing. Um, but yeah, we've got two more babies coming to us in the summer. Then we'll have seven. Brilliant. Well, there's something you don't hear every day. That's for sure. Do you want to start by telling us about you and your background and what led you up to the business that you run now? Yes, cool. Um, so um, originally I went to university and trained to be a pharmacist and I worked in retail pharmacy. I worked for Boots, one of the biggest pharmacy chains in the UK for 17 years. Wow. And part of the way through my journey there, I had a dream about doing something different and I was finding that I didn't have the flexibility at work that I needed so I started to explore another career option and I went into the financial services industry about 12 years ago when I did a whole load of training and qualifications so that I could advise on mortgages and protection initially. And then over the last four years, um, I did a higher level qualification that lets me then do a whole load of financial advice. And I love what I do when I help people because it is that thing about getting your financial basics organized and getting all the what ifs covered so that moving forward, you don't have to worry about your money. But it became apparent to me a few years ago that there were a lot of people who probably wouldn't seek the advice of a financial advisor because for whatever reason, they thought it wasn't appropriate for them. So historically, I think financial advisors have got a bit of a reputation as to being sort of a bloke in a suit who's going to try and sell you stuff or lecture you on what you haven't got. And I wanted to make something that was going to be friendly and approachable. And that's where Peace Together Money Coaching came in because it gave me the opportunity to talk to an impact on a whole load of people that wouldn't normally choose to come and see a financial advisor. Mm, definitely. Uh, 
it's a theme I've noticed actually on your website and some of the social media presence that you have uh, a lot of photos and things like that of people together and group sessions and discussions. So I completely understand that you've got a very different focus and style to the stuffy suit approach. That's for sure. Exactly. I mean, I think it's one of those things that money is subject that people still struggle to talk about. A lot of people will go and chat to their accountant, but maybe only once a year when they go in to see how much tax they need to pay and what their legal requirements are. A lot of people besides that don't do a lot with their money. They just sort of wobble along and if they're lucky it all drops into place and they get paid and there's money in their business and then they get to pull you know money out to pay their own bills and costs at home but there are a lot of people and business owners especially that really struggle with this because there's not a lot of money education out there and people can find that they can end up in a situation with money in the bank and not really knowing what they're meant to do first to make sure that it's where it needs to be at the right time. Mm. So on that point of money in the bank and it's being where it needs to be at the right time. I mentioned a book that I'd read, Profit First, which is about managing that cash flow and organizing the money into the right place at the right time. What's your advice on organizing your money to ensure that you get paid every month? Yeah, so Profit First is a brilliant book. It was recommended to me about this time last year, funnily enough, by a business coach I was working with. And although it's quite hard going, and I think because it's written for an American market, some of it is not necessarily relevant depending on where you are in the UK. The principle behind it is just the fact that people get carried away with their spending as their income comes in. So what traditionally happens in a business is that money comes in, you spend money on expenses and what's left at the end is your profit. And that's the money that out of that you're going to reinvest into your business. You're going to pay yourself an income. And unfortunately, what tends to happen with business owners is they get a bit caught up in buying stuff, especially early on in their business when they're very excited, they're very passionate and they want to have the latest thing. And they end up buying a new phone, a new printer, a new laptop, or they're signing up for subscriptions to Canva and ManyChat and all these things left, right and center. And what that tends to mean is they get to the end of the month and by the time they've done that and paid for any support staff or VAs or subs that they've got during the month, there isn't a lot of money for them to take home and actually pay themselves. And there seems to be this accepted thought that, oh, well, when you start a business, you don't ever earn any money. It doesn't need to be that way. So what Profit First does is it turns it on its head and it basically says that when you get paid, from your client, however it is you work with them, whether you're in a product-based business or a service-based business, you then need to work out how much of that is your salary and then the rest of it gets used for your operating expenses. So effectively, you take your salary out first, you pay yourself first. Now, for a lot of business owners, what this means is that they actually have to have a real look at how they price the products and services they sell and make sure that they have built in enough margin that they get paid. And that's where cutting your prices, actually, when you start out, can cause you a big, big headache. Because if you've worked out that your product, whether that's a physical product or a service product, costs you £100 to deliver to your client, if you charge them £600, that's giving you a £500 profit. And that is then your wages. That's the money that you can spend on you. If you cut the price down to £300 because you're new or because you think somebody else is doing it cheaper or whatever your justification is, suddenly the only person that gets paid less is you. And a lot of business owners uh, struggle in the first few years that they end up working many, many hours. And when they look at what they're actually earning for that, it's not enough money to cover 
what they need to be covering. So yeah. it's a really interesting way of looking at it. And it caused me to do some different things with my bank accounts and rearrange things in my business so that I made sure there was always money there. Very good. And on that point about the lower prices, especially at the start, I, I'm just having little flashbacks and also on the buying stuff at the start, I, I, I dread to think of how many business cards I bought that were never given away or the thousands and thousands of dollars spent on a fancy new website that didn't do anything at the time. So you, you're absolutely right. How do people structure their money? Because in the traditional financial world, there's the P&L, the profit and loss statement or the cash flow statement that many people are either in awe of or don't understand, or it doesn't really help run a business in terms of keeping cash flowing from month to month. How do they make a switch to a slightly different approach? I think it depends on the way that you prefer to do it. But the easiest way is to have more than one bank account for your business. Now, I bank with Lloyds Bank. They're a traditional UK bank and I have more than one bank account with them. But if you bank with some of the new, more modern banks, people like Starling, Tide, they're called challenger banks often. Mm. They actually allow you to have one account but split it into different pots. So depending on where you are in the world, you may not necessarily need separate accounts. But what I've done is I've used the profit first model or a simplified version so that I get paid, all of my money comes in from my clients into one account. What I then do twice a month is I transfer money out to my other accounts. The first account that money goes out to is my tax account because like it or not, we do all have to pay taxes. I think 90 odd percent of the countries in the world pay tax on their income. So you need to be putting away the money for your tax first because that is not your money. Okay, you cannot spend it. It is not yours. Put it away and then it's, it's done. You will never worry about paying your tax bill ever again. In the Profit First book, it suggests that if your turnover is less than $250,000, that you put 15% of your gross incoming into an account. That's what I've done. Um, and this year it's worked perfectly. I've ended up with surplus in that account and I've been able at the end of the year to reinvest that back into my business. So the first percentage that goes out is to the tax account. And then the second lot that goes out is to your account, the account that is for your director's pay. So I use 55%. That's what Mike Michalowicz in the book suggests for the size turnover I have. And it works quite well. And then the remaining 30%, that then goes into my operating expenses account. And my operating expenses account is going to pay for my staff salaries because I run an office here, my internet, my Wi-Fi, printing, subscriptions, I pay for things, postage, anything that needs to come out as business expenses. Now, a lot of people have said to me, well, surely I don't need to put away 15% of the gross for my tax because once all my expenses have come off at the end of the year, my tax bill will be much lower than that. Well, in some cases, yes, it will be. And if it is, that's really great because that means at the end of the year, if you've got £10,000 in your tax account and you only need six of it, you've got £4,000 spare. And at that point, you can choose to take that spare £4,000. You can leave it there. You can reinvest it in your business, maybe pay for that course or mentorship that you really wanted to do and wasn't sure if you could justify the expense. Or you could take it as an extra bonus for yourself, an extra dividend, because you know if you're doing well in your business, you should be rewarded for it. Um, I found it works really well. And it's meant that over the course of the year, I've always had money sat in that account, which is my salary account. Um, and then I've tweaked that slightly to make sure that every month I get paid and I get paid the same amount. That's brilliant. It's a great system. 
Now, I noticed that you offer a really helpful document that explains ways of getting off the financial roller coaster. Can you give us a bit of a summary of that? Yes, of course. It was a guide that I put together based on the conversations that I have with my one-to-one clients about the easiest ways for business owners to build themselves a consistent income. Because I think that for many business owners, especially in the early part of their business, say the first five years, they find that the money comes in and out all over the place. And they might have a couple of hundred pounds they earn today and then nothing for two or three days. Then they might have another big lump. Then they might have a couple of weeks where they don't get paid at all. And it can make it really stressful when you're looking at your bank account thinking that you've got you know, your mortgage and your bills to pay and you don't know where the money's coming from. So the first thing that I suggest is that you have a separate bank account that you use for your business. Now, bank account or bank accounts, plural, it doesn't matter. But the idea is you keep the money separate from that money at home that you're using to pay for your mortgage, your petrol, your food costs, your shopping, all the other things that you buy. Now, if you are a limited company um, within the UK or as a separate corporate entity, you will have to have your bank account legally separate from your personal accounts. But if you're working as a sole trader, then you don't actually have to. And a lot of people make the mistake of trying to run their business out of their normal current account. So the first thing I'd say is open a separate bank account and have the money from your clients coming into it and have all your expenses and costs going out of it. If you want to work with an adaptive profit first model, you might need more than one account. But if not, at least one account is a good start. The next step is to work out from the income and expenditure you have, what is a reasonable income for you to take from your business, a reasonable salary. Now, it doesn't matter whether you call it salary and dividends, you call it drawings. And again, it depends on the structure of your business, the country you're in and the tax vehicle that you have chosen for your business. But either way, we're talking about money that you as the business owner pull out of your business into your personal account. So yes, we're talking about money that you pull out of your business into your personal account. The easiest way to do that is to look and see what your profit was for last year. So pick the nearest figure. If you made £24,000 last year, that over 12 months is about £2,000 a month. Now, my first suggestion would be that you don't pay yourself all of that each month. You pick an amount which is reasonable based on what you can expect to earn in a month where there's not a lot of money coming into your business. So say, for example, we were looking at that £2,000 a month figure, I would probably start with something like £1,200 a month, £1,200 a month, and then set up a standing order or a regular direct payment into your current account, the personal bank account from your business, just for that £1,200, and then leave it alone and be brave. (laughs) Because the important thing is that you need to be building up a surplus of money in that account so that if there is a month where you don't get paid, a client doesn't pay you or an invoice is late coming in or even just a month where you choose to take a couple of weeks holiday, you can still get paid that fixed amount each month because do you know what? With household budgeting, the hardest thing is not knowing how much money is coming in each month. Once you've built up a bit of a surplus in that account, you can then look at increasing the payment, but just increasing it slightly. So I've been running this model now for more than 12 months, as I said. And last month, I decided I was going to put my standing order up because my salary account had in it 
best part of three months salary money, which is a great place to be because it mm. means that while we're in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic, I haven't got to worry about whether my clients are coming in or not. I know that I will still get paid. But what I made the decision to do was to put up my monthly payment, my salary payment by £300. So I haven't put it up by a massive, massive amount because you need to leave that surplus there so that you can draw on it in the future if you need to. And do you know what? It's so much less stressful when you know how much money's coming in because yeah. if you know that you've only got that £1,200 a month coming in and that plus any money from your partner or other sources of income in your household is not going to be enough to pay your bills. It highlights to you quite quickly that you might need to get a job part-time. You might need to find an alternative income source, let out a room in your home or do some babysitting or whatever it is that you're going to do to fill that gap. Because I think a lot of business owners, when they start, they kid themselves that they are surviving because every so often they get these nice big payments in and suddenly they get that feeling of relief when they think, oh it's okay I've got enough money in the account and they're okay for a bit and then they're not and then they are and then they're not and it's that not knowing where you stand that I think a lot of people find really hard. So for the businesses that are starting for instance new consultants is the best way to do this is before they've got that money coming in just work to get the first payment in from a client and then once that has begun once the process has begun that they're regularly getting in income whether it's monthly or three monthly on projects as soon as that's in place to set up the standing order at a low level and then gradually increase it by increments. Exactly. A, yeah. okay. Yes, exactly. So for a lot of startup business owners, you might find that your first payment that you set up might be something really little like $200 a month. And you just have a small amount, a regular amount each month. But by doing it that way, when you're looking at your own personal bank account, you'll be able to see how much money is coming in from your business and as that increases over time, you will then know when is the right time for you to give up the nine to five day job. Because for a lot of people, when they start a business, they are doing it round another business. I was when I started. When I first started this job back 12 years ago, I was doing three days a week at this and three days a week in the corporate world as a pharmacist, which was really quite difficult because, you know, I was in that situation that I think a lot of business owners get to is that they get as far as they can and then they run out of time and effectively that's what I'd done I built a business up but I'd got to the stage where on three days a week I couldn't earn enough to leave the day job but I couldn't afford to leave the day job because the business didn't earn enough um, and in the end I mean my situation was a bit unusual in the fact that I lost my mum about 11 years ago and got an inheritance I wasn't expecting and it gave me a cushion a savings cushion that meant that I was able to be brave and give up the day job and jump out and go into this full time because I knew that I could make a success of this business but I didn't want to be in that situation where I couldn't pay my my um, bills and my mortgage where I couldn't provide for my daughter um, and so it was really really hard and I understand that for a lot of people when they start out in a business they do need to work a lot of hours during a week because they're trying to grow their business to the point where they can afford to leave the day job. Um, but knowing how much money's coming in will make it that much more simple to work out where that point is for you. I really like that. And one other thing for people to consider is that with the coronavirus, the quarantine, the lockdown, all that sort of stuff, is that there have been dips and slowdowns in work or projects and things like that. 
On the other hand, we've seen a massive rise in online training sessions, online consulting, online coaching, all kinds of stuff, products and things like that. So if you've got the standing order in place at a number that you can now predict because it's a set figure that comes in every month, you can then start to look at topping it up via uh, products such as coaching sessions, information packs, employment management templates, you know. But yeah, you can add to that slowly so that the standing order increases once you've got regular sales on those things as well. Exactly. And I think that the key is what you go back to earlier in your conversation is that when you start out, it's really easy to get caught up with buying a fancy website and paying out for business cards and pens with your name on it and all sorts of bits and pieces where in fact, you need to get some clients and you need to get some money in the bank. And at that point, you know, you don't need to have all of this stuff because you're going to work in an environment in most cases where you're going to be able to reach out to people and make those one-to-one connections. And your early clients that you have are likely to be people that you know. I know certainly when I started out in my business, most of the clients that I had early on were where I'd let people know what I was now doing and people who I knew or I knew of had come to me, sort of the parents of my daughter's friends at school and, and friends and acquaintances and people mm. within the family that said, oh, actually, can you do this for me now? And once you've worked for a few people, then word of mouth gets out there. And I don't actually advertise to business at all. All of my business pretty much, my certainly my regulated business, comes in by word of mouth. And the stuff that I do online, the money coaching and the training, for me, it's great because it gives me the opportunity, as I said, to get out and speak to more people. But it helps people know what I do so that then they can approach me and say, right, I've had a look at this and I'm going to need some help. Is this something that you can help me with? And I think it's easy to rush into things. And if you just take a step back and look at it, it can be a much more gradual curve, um, but it can be less stressful. Yeah. On that topic or on that word stressful, What's your wrapping up advice for people who may be feeling financial stress at the moment as an independent consultant or running an HR business through what are currently challenging times? What's your advice on how they can deal with that and then carve a plan out going forward? So there's a few things that I think need to happen. And the first thing is that you need to know where you stand. So I would always suggest at this point, doing a budget planner or grabbing a piece of paper and writing down what your essential costs are each month, what you must pay out for. And you can do this exercise for your business, but you can also do it in your personal life, which I think is where it probably has more value. So when you look down all the costs and things that you need to be paying out each month and ignore the fact that you won't be going out, you don't need to pay for petrol and shopping and you know all the, the restaurant trips and other things, but what is your essential cost to cover your housing, your utilities, your food, the thing you need? And then how much money is coming in from your business and how far short are you? Have you actually got enough You might not be earning what you were, but you might find that it is actually enough to cover what you need to be paying out. If it's not enough to cover and you haven't got another way of earning an income, then you need to have a look to see what support is available to you locally. And that will depend on which industry you're in, um, where in the world you are and what type of business structure you have. So there are various things that have been launched here in the UK to help business owners, um, albeit I'm aware there are a whole load of people, including people like myself, who fall through the gap and don't meet any of the criteria to qualify for the help that's being offered. Um, The second thing I think you should do is use this time to reach out to people and keep the connections going because they may not have any money to spend with you at the moment, but ultimately when we come out the other side of this crisis we're in, 
people will remember who made the effort and who didn't. And when they are looking to restaff their business or to restructure their business, which I think a lot of people will do following this situation, you will be the name that comes up because they'll think, actually, this person is really helpful. This person cares. So taking time out each day to ring two or three of your contacts and just have a phone call with them. Um, you know, if not a message conversation is okay, but picking up the phone, I don't think you can beat that in a lot of cases, even if you just ring up and ask how things are. Um, the other thing to do during this period is that if you find yourself less busy at work than you would be normally, is rather than suspend your life binge watching Netflix, to actually sit down and think what needs to happen next in my business. When I come out of this, what needs to happen next? And there's a lot of talk that due to what's happened in the world, you know, a lot of people have made staff redundant, despite the fact that there are various sort of furlough packages and things available at different parts of the world, um, which means that potentially there are going to be a lot of people that could be looking for work when this is out. And you're going to be best placed to help, help match these to the employers who've also done that sort of restructure and regroup during this time you know i know of restaurants that have closed down they're using the time to renovate redecorate and come up with their new ideas so that they're ready to launch they're getting to do all of the nice to do stuff that they never have a chance to do so potentially there are going to be new opportunities and i think it's a question of just moving with those and keeping your eyes open that's great advice i really like that yeah, definitely. Claire, you've been so helpful in this discussion and you've shared so much valuable information. If people want to learn from you, find out more or work with you, what should they do next? So um, the best place to find me is over on Facebook. I have a free group called Peace Together Money Confidence. And there's all sorts of tips and hints and bits and pieces in there. And if you go over to my website, which is www peacetogether.co.uk at the top there's a tab about working with me and there's all the links that you need to chat about either working with me one-to-one -one or joining my membership community so um yeah a lot of exciting things planned for the next year so get in touch and um we'll go from there brilliant can you spell peace together because people might not do the right spelling yeah, so it's peace p-e-a-c-e -E, as in world peace um the idea yeah. being that it's about you feeling calm and peaceful about your money because you are good at your business. And if you're good at your business, you need to get on with it without worrying about whether your bills are going to be paid. And taking that level of stress away is what I do best. Brilliant. Claire, thank you very much for your time today. No problem. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.